and welcome to the Weekly Scroll Podcast. My name is Ryan, and today we have a returning guest with us today that is Kayla Dice of Rotwave Game House. How are you doing today, Kayla? I'm doing good, yeah. I'm feeling excited to be back, and it's been a little poorly, so but I think I'm starting to get on the mend, so I'm feeling better, and that's that's nice. Good, fantastic, yeah. So, so it's Zine Month, it's Zine Quest, it's Zine whatever, it's February, and we're doing Zine stuff, and, and you have a project out that is Ritual Magic for Besties that we're going to talk about today. But prior to that, uh, for those that maybe uh, didn't watch the episode when you were on before, which was episode 97, wrote it down, um, uh, why don't you tell uh, people a little bit about yourself, about Kayla Dice and Ratwave Game House, why not? So I'm Kayla Dice. I am a tabletop game designer living in London. I've been releasing games since December 2020. I tend to say that all of my games in different ways focus on themes of alienation and connection. Really run the gauntlet in terms of like style, genre, and tone, but I think I come back to those sort of core themes just because they uh, compel me, essentially. I am maybe most well known for a game I kickstarted last year, Terminal, a digital pirate action game inspired by The Matrix. I also might be well known for Transgender Deathmatch Legend or Follow Me in the Night, A Cursed Radio. Um, I was the one of the winners of the Diana Jones Emerging Designer Award last year, which was a great honor. And in that time, I yet then ran a first Kickstarter that year. Now I'm running a second Kickstarter. Uh, I'd previously been working as a teacher as a day job, but this year, sort of since September, I've been attempting to make uh, game design my my self-employment. So I'm on a year-long experiment to see how I can make that work. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so as we said, um, I don't know if I said episode 97 was the last time you were on, and that was for Terminal. That was when you were kickstarting your project last time. Super excited for that. Um, as soon as I saw Terminal, I, I reached out and said, I really want to talk to this person. This looks fantastic. Um, I know the digital is already sent. I have So here's my thing with Kickstarter. I back a lot of them, but I will flip through digital stuff, but I wait till I get physical stuff to really sit down and dig through it because I want to feel the whole experience in my hands. Um, and I believe you said uh, it uh, Terminal is uh, going to print now at this point, right? Yep, it has been sent to print. So the digital, well, we did it sort of in waves, basically. I did the digital of the core book, and then because I wanted to give stretch goal writers time to respond to their edits and stuff, I didn't want to rush them, but also I otherwise had, like, the finished part of the game. So we put out that, then added the stretch goals. Then there was about a week period where I just was waiting to see if anyone caught any errors or stuff they wanted us to fix. Then we sent to print. They have arrived at the warehouse of the fulfillment partner now, along with the GM screen, which also went to print because some backers ordered those. Uh, I don't want to give any like timetables because uh, that's now in control of the warehouse and shipping and the fulfillment partner, and I don't want to make any promises on their behalf that they then go, Kayla, why did you say that? But it should be very soon. I'm excited. I'm actually much the same with uh, definitely books over a certain size. I feel once a book past his 80 pages for me i'm like i need to be able to have this physically i need to be able to flick back in an easier way because sometimes i right. notice myself losing so i'm really excited for it to to get out there physically when it does um i'll be communicating with backers about everything i'm really excited to hear about people getting it to the table because 
it was the biggest thing I made. It was a super challenging project in terms of it was the first time I worked with an artist, first time I worked with an editor, first time I hired other writers and in sheer sort of scope, it was so much bigger than anything I'd done before. And I'm really proud of everything I did on it. I'm proud of everything other people did on it. And yeah, so I'm I'm super excited to see it in people's hands this year. Yeah, and like I said, I'm super excited to get it in hand. So at some point, if that's the thing when you back a Kickstarter project, and I've known after backing very, very, very many, is you get it when you get it. Um, just uh, buy it and then have a surprise <laughs> at some point. Check your updates every now and then. Um, but it is, it is, right? It is Zine Quest. It is Zine Month. It is Zine whatever. It is February. So you have a project going out right now. This is Ritual Magic for Besties, and it's not on Kickstarter. It is on Crowdfunder instead. Um, but uh, Tell us about, I guess, what's the what's the pitch for Ritual Magic for Besties? Um, so, yeah, so Ritual Magic for Besties is a GMless game played with tarot cards where you play a group of magic users all gathering to cast a ritual spell. And the fuel for this spellcraft is the connections you have with each other. Um, and then that leads into sort of um, essentially a series of rounds of a tarot game where you're playing cards to guide the ritual and look into each other and asking a series of questions which enlighten the the deep and personal history you have together and then you're using that to cast these spells. It's written and designed by me. It is illustrated by Molomut, who I think has really gorgeous art style that in this book is really well suited i think to giving the sort of fantastic like magical realist slice of life tone that we have at play um and it's going to be presented in a sort of scrapbook layout the campaign on crowdfunder just covers the initial goal just covers the editing and printing costs uh there are no stretch goals for the campaign and then everything that goes beyond that initial cost is just split 50 50 between me and mole and that is how we're getting paid for all of the work we're putting into this. Okay. And, and so you did breach the initial funding goal, which you said is just covering printing. So at the very least, the book will exist. So that's fantastic. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So the book will exist. Um, even if we don't go much further than this, I obviously really hope we do. But if we don't, we have this book, which we can keep selling forever at cons, zine fairs, things like that. Yeah. Um, so it's you said the the core mechanic is really using tarot cards and developing relationships with people so um when you're playing the game is it the relationships that you like you kayla have with other people or is it that the characters in the game create with other people you definitely could play a game where you're just playing as fictionalized versions of yourself. I don't know how smart it would be. It might uh, be a bit prone to bleed. The game has like a really fun character creation mechanic. Uh, it uses some previous material from... It uses material, I should say, from one of my previous games, The Infinite Dance Law. You sort of pick out your style and magical background. Um, you draw a major arcana card to give your character a sort of high concept. And then with each of your characters, you map them on a chart where you place down everyone's characters and you're drawing lines between every single character and saying what these lines means. So it might be, these people are exes, these people are siblings, these people are um, currently hooking up. These people are dating, but not really publicly, they're secretly dating. Um, these two people went to 
a youth group together. These two people used to work together. And you get this sort of messy layers because everyone connects to everyone. Um, and then from there, you build your characters. And in much... I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with like much sort of like belonging outside belonging games. Often they, near the end of character creation, have this moment of like ask one, ask um, ask one left, ask one right to uh, help shade in the background you have with other characters in those games. So the questions are very inspired by that. They're often questions about things that your characters would already know, but are enlightening the dynamic you have. There's stuff like, why have you never trusted me? It's a leading question. There's this tag, there's this catch of like, okay, you've never trusted me. That's saying something about our relationship. And now you've got to sort of, you know, uh, volley that back and help build in this way. You could totally do it where you are playing yourself, but I think it could get, it could yeah. get quite messy quite quickly. It'd be interesting for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so going through the crowdfunder page and, and talking a bit more about mechanics we love mechanics here on the show so the whole game happens is it just six rounds total after character creation is that is that like the scope of the game yeah it's one of those interesting games where the length of it really sort of depends on how many players you have you play a free player version it's six rounds um a round is just every one player taking a turn where they are laying one minor arcana on someone's personal stack and that's like i'm making or strengthening a connection with this person to build this element of the ritual and then you fill in that history and use that to say well, okay we shared this memory together where we we're bird watching i'm putting a feather in the cauldron for this enchantment which is going to grant someone good luck for their job interview tomorrow or it is going to help sort of someone have a physical transformation that is, is gender affirming for them in some way. Um, the round structure is partly just a, a case of, yeah, structuring play, basically. It's the six rounds around, or in the occasions where everyone gets stuck uh, and is unable to play, in which case you have to resolve in fiction, well, what does this look like where we are unable to bring ourselves to complete this ritual? Do we go again? Do we call it and give up? why why weren't our characters like in the right headspace for this almost it's interesting it's really so you're it, it's there's this kind of um almost inception madness to like sitting around playing a game about people sitting around like doing a ritual which is interesting yeah it was a thing i really enjoyed about the game and definitely writing it in sections where i'm like setting up a ritual which is setting up the game, but also, you know, it's an interesting question where I say, oh, who, whose character facilitated this ritual? And that may be the same answer to the question, who's facilitated this game night you're playing? It's, it's not LARP. I don't have a LARP background, but I think it does, yeah, it creates like a situational sort of like proximity to the, things you're playing that I guess is something you see a lot in LARP, maybe not always in TTRPGs, which are often more about big adventures. Yeah, but I think I think it definitely will feed the the vibe really, really well, because I can imagine people coming to the table, you know, especially when you're going to be a character, like sitting around doing a similar thing. It would be a nice connectiveness to the process. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine someone, you know, they've got their personal tarot deck, they've probably lit some candles, 
and probably when it comes time to describing well, what room are our characters doing in, I imagine a lot of people go, probably one just like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tarot decks, absolutely, I mean, absolutely makes sense. This is a game about doing ritual magic, so tarot deck makes sense. Um, but uh, what um, what made you uh, kind of lean towards, I know you mentioned belonging outside, belonging, great, fantastic game, by the way, the, 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 the two together in one. Um, but, uh, what kind of, what was your impetus to kind of borrow from that system a bit or, or... some of the, honestly, I think it's just, um, my background in design and in gameplays often does hew more towards the belonging outside belonging space um i've written one previous belonging outside belong game to embrace a swamp creature one game i'm working on for this year uh, called psycho dungeon is also actually loosely inspired by that system the method of yeah establishing backstory via questions it's saying i've really associated belonging outside belonging but i used it in terminal because i just think well this is a great way of shading in these character backgrounds i think it's the kind of setup i just naturally go to when i want to say these people already know each other so we should know we as players it's really useful if we know about why they know each other and how they know each other and what they think about each other um and it's just yeah the way that made most sense to me gotcha um gosh i had a question and then i was listening to you and it completely escaped my brain um so what was the what was the impetus to uh to create a game about doing ritual magic with your besties like where where did the the initial kind of seed come from for uh for this idea it's interesting i remember it was a case i borrowed a deck of tarot cards from someone from a friend of mine and was messing around i guess just sort of seeing what kind of like gameplay elements it could it's not really usually how i design of going like oh what could i build around this mechanic i'm usually far more i have this idea for this thing what mechanics support that but in this case i was just playing around with cards and i got into this idea of like well what is it if you are conducting a ritual and initially um i'm a really big fan of the uh comic book series phonogram by kieran gillen and jamie mckelvey and initially it was going to be more of a closer riff on an element in the uh, third series of phonogram which focused on someone having made a deal selling part of their personality and having reinvented themselves and initially the ritual it was going to be about was always a reinvention you were going to always be asking questions about one character who would then be yeah burning parts of their personality or history but as i developed it i kept thinking like oh this doesn't entirely feel like these characters doing a healthy thing i feel people playing it which can be interesting but i feel like people playing the game would most often go i don't know if i'd encourage my friend doing this um so it sort of stopped me at that point but i liked this idea of a ritual and i began to expand well what are other kind of rituals what could their aim be and then it sort of took me into this space of ritual magic almost as an allegory for coping with your friends you know it is let's go and order a pizza and get some some drinks in because someone just lost their job let's help someone um dye their hair and burn some photos because they've been broken up with it became that sort of 
yeah, just these sort of small, intimate moments. I think a thing I do find interesting about the game is you could play it. It works very well for one shot. You could play it longer, but you'd only ever get the slice of life because you'd only ever see these characters round the kitchen table casting magic. You wouldn't see them going to work or stuff, and you'd keep sort of skipping forward in that. But yeah, it was born out of the mechanics. It was born out of experimenting. It took influence from Phonogram. It had some thematic influence from Wickedness via Possum Creek Games. And yeah, I it was it was very much made in exploration. And then from there, once I had that idea, I approached Moll, who I'm a big fan of and wanted to, to work with for, for a long time and said, you know, I'm thinking of this. How would you feel if you were about drawing some sort of magical items? How would you feel about we make a zine together? We both do our writing on art and side for free and then split all of the money. And Mole, thankfully, was on board. And we went from there. Yeah. Um, I really like the idea um, you said of being able to do like longer campaigns where you just get slice after slice after slice because you could almost redo character creation a little bit where um, it's just like what's happened since last time and like have these like new different or like strengthened connections. So that's, that's a really interesting idea of just like, I don't know, you end up with a loaf, I guess, of life. Um, but, you know, just slices, you know. Um, but it's a it's an interesting concept for, for a game, especially like this, because if you're doing a ritual to like make something happen, it'd be interesting to see like the outcomes of that the next time you kind of jump ahead. So it's a really interesting way that it could go. Um, one of the things, like, one of the pictures on Crowdfunder and you talked about with the, the layout and stuff is you said it to go with, like, a scrapbook style for uh, the layout side. What, um, what, what uh, lent you towards that idea? It's interesting because Mole had already started working on, I think, some spot art by that point. Um, and I think was in the middle of work on the cover. And I began basically thinking, well, I should figure out what I'm doing with the layout, partly because I wanted to have some sample layout pages on the crowdfunder page for the launch. But I really wasn't sure at one point, just because of the title, I was like, do I make it look like a magazine, like more explicitly like a sort of uh, maybe advice or lifestyle magazine. But I didn't really have that reading background. So I was like, oh, this would maybe be a challenging, and I can enjoy a challenge, but I remember thinking it might feel a bit hollow and imitative because I wouldn't be working in a space that I have affection and knowledge about. And I think coincidentally, I actually was at the point of going, oh, I should scrapbook some things because I have a scrapbook. Every year I sort of like keep... Um, any mementos like uh, film tickets, sometimes train tickets if they're like memories of people I've gone to see, scraps from like role-playing game stuff I've played. And I pin them on a board throughout the year. And then at the end of the year, I take all that stuff and scrapbook it. And I kept thinking, oh, I need to um, update my scrapbook. It's January. And just doing that made me go, oh, maybe that's what the layout for Ritual Magic for Besties looked like. So it was experimenting in that style, which led to the samples on the crowdfunder page uh, for making the book when it's time to do that. I'm just waiting for uh, a final draft back from the editor. I'm going to maybe do more from scratch. I'm going to be basically set up in a library with a scanner and some ripped paper and go from there. But yeah, I think I made it look quite sort of personal. Uh, it gave it like a nice sort of zany 
DIY feel, which I think felt good for the the time of month that we're we're working in. But also, yeah, it gave it an intimate feel. Like uh, it's not framed explicitly as someone's in-universe scrapbook, but it has that kind of feel. And then it lets us do some sort of playful diegetic stuff. Um, so on one of the samples, the Ratwave Gamehouse logo is just like loosely stamped in and then written in marker next to it rather than usually sort of integrate. I think I have some nice ideas about maybe modifying receipts and turning text on receipts into something when it comes time to actually make the game. I want to do something that basically, yeah, it just feels very lively and diegetic because I think that fits the theme and also it lets me support Moll's brilliant art in a way that doesn't feel like I'm 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 leaving all of the heavy lifting to Moll. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting um with this kind of like not LARPing, but like as kind of close you can get in a teach RPG space in kind of how we talked before how you're sitting around doing a ritual as you're sitting around playing a game which can be ritualistic. Um and even then the book itself um feeling like it's kind of an in-world thing, but not quite like it's still a rule book, but it really lends those vibes. So it really feels that there's this um uh, kind of consistency throughout that uh, closeness to the content of of the game while you're still at, out of the game. You know what I mean? So it's it's an interesting kind of consistency across the space. Yeah, it's interesting. It's probably one of the few games where someone could go, oh, I've just got to check a rule in the rule book um, in a way that wouldn't entirely break immersion. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting because I, I really like that idea too, because you it could have easily been like a grimoire or something, you know what I mean? Like it would really still lean into that. But I can imagine if it's a bunch of besties sitting around doing ritual magic, I kinda like the idea more of it being like this scrapbook of someone's like, oh, let me see if I have this like the clip of a magic spell or something, as opposed to like somehow they got their Necronomicon or something, you know. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. something... The game, diegetically, feels like uh, how I feel about the game. If it's something personal, a bit raw, a bit sort of intimate. I think it's, you know, the sort of tender painfulness of, of being known by someone. And then the book itself is this sort of carefully constructed thing that the book itself will be made very high quality, but I think the feel of it almost feels fragile, like it might sort of uh, fly apart um, just in a design sense. And I think that it mimics a lot of the emotions I wanted out of the game. That's great. And, and again, it's that, it's that really the closeness to playing the game and feeling the game, the vibes just feel like it's going to emanate from this. Um, so you're, you're doing ritual magic for besties in the game. Are there going to be like... Um, a number of rituals that people are able to do in it? Like, is, is that the kind of thing it is where you, you pick one of them and then are all around trying to complete that one and then are there going to be listed ones? So, yeah, when the, there is the setting up the ritual um, section, which includes some starting sections just asking, like, what are your characters doing? Who's hosting this? Describe the room you're doing it in. And then it's like, what ritual are you attempting? And there's a decently sized list that breaks down a lot. They're not, they're basically sort of, yeah, written as in-universe extracts. Someone's just musing on musings on rituals. Uh, they're often quite sort of 
broad but they're narrow and you might imagine a specific situation you're crafting in there so when we talk about there's a section on oh magic's a transformation um and explains how rituals of transformation work it goes oh, okay it's way easier on an object it's way easier if it's temporary but people can do you know full lasting magic ritual spells on people that will you know that are not fading and it talks about reasons people do it. And it goes, oh, it might be people, you know, wanting an authentic costume party, uh, wanting a sort of temporary change of appearance, or people might be using it for DIY gender-affirming care. Um, and all of these things, yeah, they're mainly there just to give ideas, but they're also glimpses in how this world works. I think the game doesn't have this really hard setting with a bunch of rules um, or facts about it in the way... The other games I've written have been, yeah, very sort of, you know, an anti-cat and attitude in terms of, like, once you take it to the table, it can be um, disregarded. But a canon in terms of, oh, here's a listed bunch of, of names and places that you can use. This more, it's a lot an implied setting. You know, it's an urban fantasy place. The character styles I'm having you pick for, the framing of it as slices, slice, slice of life. And then the way these rituals are described give just sort of wider hints about the world there's a on a section of communing to dead communing with the dead there's an anecdote about how courts might use ghosts as witnesses and that's just giving a slight hint of like what is this world we live in that we're playing in i really like that like it, that i feel like that's a good way i know we've talked numerous times about how the game is kind of pulling you into the vibes of the game but it's also really nice to have that like little bit of distance from it as well so you don't get like a ton of bleed or something in into the character but to go like oh yeah we could totally do this magic and like people know that magic is a thing in this world that we're playing and like having ghosts in a courtroom and things like that it's a really nice little kind of uh twist to to make it still feel like a fantasy world and it's in a game yeah absolutely i think it is you know i think it's I don't necessarily always consider myself someone who's going for, like, allegory. Um, I think, like, there are certain projects of mine where I look back and I go, oh, this is about that. Um, you know, you might argue, like, oh, Terminal's about this theme. Someone might argue, oh, Transgender Death Badge Legend, even if not explicitly, that's a bit about street harassment, but it's not a metaphor for it or an allegory for it. This one is definitely one where I think it is close to where you can go. You can see what it's an allegory for, but here is all this distancing element, so you're not going to just open some wounds um at the role-playing game table um and your counterpart in this project malamute um she's the or they're the social media person for soul muppet games um is that how you originally came in um contact with them and want to start working them or how did you guys kind of develop this relationship to um to work together um so me and mal first met maybe two years ago possibly even like two years ago around this time um we met online we were both in a play test for a game by soul muppet but before more work for um them even um and we just became friends through there i've seen mol's art before i've wanted to work with mol on a bigger project for a long time mol did work on terminal they uh were the creator of the map which i think is really well done but I'd always thought, like, oh, it'd be really nice because me and Mal are great friends who, who get along really well and have now known each other for a while. 
I just thought, you know, I've, I'm someone who finds it really nice to create things with people I know and care about. And so I really wanted to be working with Mold. There were times, other times I thought of different projects. And so often the first thing that would come to my mind of would this work with Mold? And sometimes I'd look at it and go, mm, no, it's not an exact match here. Um, well, for, for sort of various reasons, sometimes it's like, I don't know if Mold would be interested in that. Other times it's like, oh, I think this would be... Um, just a weird fit but this was one yeah where once i came up with it i thought i think more would be great for that and i was really glad that that they wanted to be on board and when they read through the book and came away feeling inspired that was really exciting and because it's such a sort of 50 50 partnership in terms of directional stuff here it's often me just asking well like what kind of stuff uh would you want to draw that would help sort of fill in the game you know do as as much or sort of as, as little as you want and then you know i it's it's something like feels like a real collaboration but it's still sort of in progress the game is all written it's gone for a first round of editing um it'll then go for a second and then i'll be applying it into layout and working with mole on on the art as we sort of put the finishing pieces together after the campaign okay. yeah it's Love when projects are written by the Tim and Dick into crowdfunding. It's definitely the way to go. Um, so it, it is Zine Month. It is Zine Quest. And I'm always curious when people put out projects during Zine Quest, um, kind of the the thought behind it. Because some people are like, I've been planning this for six months just for Zine Quest. And some are like, I've been planning a game. I guess it kind of fits. And some are like, oh, shit, it's Zine Quest. Maybe I'll do something. So when you decided to do Ritual Magic for Besties for Zine Quest, did the fact that it was zine quest come into your mind at all or was just that timing well and it is zine side so you decided to do it for zine quest yeah so i'd been initially i'd had a different plan of what was going to be my next crowdfunding project after terminal um i've been working on a game called psycho dungeon which i've described as like a workplace fantasy the action drama played with no dice and no masters and i was looking at crowdfunding that basically that project would a have been way too big to run as a zine month project um and also i think it's one i will run on kickstarter so i need to wait until terminal is finished so that i am clear to create another kickstarter and i while i was working on this project as a game and then i think in my initial pitch to mall i was like we'll run this during zine month and do this 50 50 split so i think that was a starting pitch then though i think at one point there was maybe possibility of me just finishing the game i think if mole had said i'm not that interested i'd have probably just finished on my own and i don't think i'd have run it as a crowdfunder but running it as a crowdfunder with mole on board it just sort of gave a shape to the campaign if it covers these initial costs then everything's split it wasn't planned that far in advance. I think I made the initial discussions with Moll about like, hey, would you want to do this in December? Um, and then I think I set up the page but didn't really have it properly clear ready for everyone to be seeing until mid-January. It was a, a quicker put-together thing. Um, and I don't think I would run this sort of stuff exactly the same way. I'm glad I'm doing it because, you know, it means this game is getting out because you've passed that initial funding goal. But yeah, it was one that I not necessarily rushed um, because I think I set very sort of modest goals around there. I think I 
did enough with the timing I had to do all of the things I needed. But I don't think I got as much advanced word around about the book that other people who've been, you know, talking up their projects, yeah, for longer have been able to do, and that would have probably been beneficial. But I think for something that had, like, small, modest goals and not too much risk for us in terms of, you know, we weren't going to be out of pocket if, it, if things did go badly. Um, it made sense that I felt comfortable putting together on a shorter time frame. Uh, the idea of doing something like Terminal on this time frame would be terrifying, but I think it fit for what we were doing here. Yeah, I mean, that sound that feels like like the the ideal zine quest project right like that's uh, what a lot of people are doing and you know i know some people put out these these huge things but when you have something that's like this will probably work and like you said there's not a whole lot of risk involved you know the funding goal is done so at the very least it's going to exist um it's a great looking project so it'll be out there in the world and to get the experience not only for zine quest with the smaller timeline with a good friend but to um to work on a different platform as well because as we said this is on crowdfunder not kickstarter i mean it sounds like a good experiment for and you still get a game out in the world at the same time so yeah definitely it's been an experiment and it's an experiment which we were safe if it did blow up in our faces to i guess continue the metaphor and yeah like i said i'm trying to sort of shift to being just self-employed and make that sustainable so that relies on making a lot of experiments in this year and seeing what can work out there you go exactly um after this project is done i mean we get terminal will get to people's hands at some point it's out of your hands at this point um this you said is 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 written past editing um and is just going to get to lay out and get out then you had already mentioned uh, a project you were working on next, but what is the the next thing that we can expect from Killer Dice from Wave Game House? Um, if you want to talk a little bit more about that at all, if it's Psycho Dungeon or something else. Yeah, so I have a few projects coming up. Terminal will be getting out physically, then Ritual Magic will also move into its sort of layout phases and go from there. The next big project then that I would like to be taking to Kickstarter sometime this year will be Psycho Dungeon, which basically takes place in a world where when people's troubles and stresses reach a breaking point, they manifest as these um, dungeon-esque landscapes that just sort of blot in the world. And you play as a series of psycho plumbers who are sent into these places to clear them out and help close them by helping the affected clients sort of come to terms with what's going on. It's, you know, about being poor city folk, poor city fo folk working a job that is draining and messy and doesn't always pay well, but is also a thing that's important to do the world. It's sort of, I describe it as part handyman, part therapist, part adventurer. It draws on a lot of experiences I had him working as a teacher in a in a sort of strange way. And it has a really cool style, I think, visually. It's got going to focus on a lot of digital collage that I've made together, as well as mechanically being sort of descended from other belonging outside of belonging systems. That's going to be my next big project. From there, I have other things I'm excited about. I 
I'm looking at putting together Transgender Deathmatch Legend 2, a sequel slash expansion that will come out this year. Um, in terms of bigger projects, I might end up working on towards the end of the year, uh, playing around with sort of time travel things or games, a sort of montage-based game built around um, big rivalries. But those are in the fervor of project where it's a lot of working through them, seeing how they're going. I think often the best way to find out what the random things I'm working on are to subscribe to my newsletter, which I think you can do at ratwavegamehouse.it's rat, it's will get you it. And then I usually just share any work in progress details on things I'm up to. Yeah, that was gonna be one of my next questions. We have you. You have some amazing work. I, I really enjoy a lot of the stuff you've done. Like I said, I'm super excited for Terminal. Excited for this. And Psycho Dungeon sounds fantastic. I love the idea of just like, I mean, you don't want someone to have enough trauma that they like somehow like bring a dungeon into existence that someone has to go through. But it's such a really interesting concept. Um, so it sounds like a fantastic project. Um, so I was going to say, where where can people find you? And I, I have it on the screen there. I believe it. So what I have is ratwave.uk, and that takes you to like the the WordPress. Is that is that the the newsletter on your website, or is it something? Yeah. Different? So that's my big sort of website, which has a directory to digital store. It has information on where you can buy things physically, because I basically have books available for a couple of different uh, outlets. Um, from there, it also has a blog where I sometimes post things. It has links to the newsletter itself, um, as well as details on if you're someone looking to build a project. My freelancing rates and details are on there. And I'm trying to think if my website has any other things on it worth shouting out. But yeah, basically, go to routewave.uk and you can find everything you need to keep up to date with me, as well as then a link tree of all of the social media I'm on because uh, they're all sort of scattered to the four winds at the moment. Yeah. Now we have to have like eight of them just to see which one survives. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, is there, uh, are there any shops where people can find your stuff? Because I know you're based in the UK. That's the assumption based on the rightwave.uk. Um, but uh, are there places uh, in, in different parts of the world where people are able to to buy your things or, or shops outside of your website we can? Like, does the... Yeah, um, so there are three places off the top of my head. Uh, Indie Press Revolution has physical copies of Transgender Deathmatch Legend available. Um, and I uh, keep meaning to send them an email and ask if they'd be interested in taking uh, more of my stock. Um, Soul Muppet, who have warehouse in the UK and the US as well, and so have uh, rest of the world coverage have a collection of some of my smaller zines and books where you can find there and plus one exp was recently put out as part of their rpg zine club um a previous release of mine called fear the taste of blood which was a game of classic movie monsters um that that's available via plus one so those are those three places basically yeah if you go to routewave.uk there's a section where it says where you can buy physically and that includes the links to those three places i'm looking at in the next couple of months setting up my own storefront which will also then be through the website just so i can work on sort of some smaller projects of mine and get them out directly to people gotcha there you go so 
Kayla, thank you so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. I'm sure this will not be the last time you've come on. Terminal was a fantastic project. <laughs> really excited to get that in hand. Um, and this one looks great as well. Definitely go to Crowdfunder. We'll make sure that all of, not only the Ratwave um, website is linked below, but that the link to Ritual Magic for Besties is in any of the descriptions, whether you're listening, watching, um, anything. So you can go back, so you can go and uh, back that project right now. As we said, the project is completely funded already as far as printing it, but everything from here on out for the next, depending on when this publishes, uh, the next 13 days as of the, I think today's the 16th, um, you still yeah. have time to go back Ritual Magic for Besties. So please go do that. I'll support a fantastic creator who's putting out a lot of great stuff. So um, again, thank you so much for being here. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, excited to have you on again in the future. Yeah, thank you for having me on. And anytime you'd have me back, I'd always love to be here. <laughs> You just let us know and you are you are more than welcome. So um, so that's going to be us for today. That is a show. As we said, um, all the links for everything that we're talking about today will be below as well as our links exist. They're there. Um, if you've listened before, you, you can find them. Um, but again, Kayla, thank you so much. And everyone out there, have a great day. Bye. Bye.